surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello, welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host and today I am actually in Toronto and uh, have a guest who I met last time I was here in Canada. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I was at a conference called Fireside and it was... um, Actually, where I did my first live podcast with Michael, if you guys go back and listen to that one about uh, Sick Not Weak. And this wonderful guest today was the keynote speaker at uh, the Fireside event. And he's a musician. He works with children as as a mentor. Um, Just really like such an authentic uh, man and expresses his vulnerability in so many different ways and honestly just is a, an amazing, wonderful human. And I'm so, so, so happy to be here with him today. So without further ado. Hello, Peter. Welcome to the show. Hello, Taylor. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming. It's been um, quite a journey for us to get to this point. <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, we've bounced around a little bit today, which um, again, like I'm always so thankful for the people that I record with because it's always such like an understanding relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little underprepared, thought I was prepared. Uh, there's been some schedule changes, but really, really appreciate your understanding and just go with the flow of it all. My pleasure. And look at, look at where we ended up. Yeah. <laughs> Not that you can see it, but... <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, post some stories of it so you guys can see. But yeah, beautiful view of Toronto and the water. And just, it's a beautiful day here, honestly. Um, and I want to kind of go back a little bit to where we met. Um, we met at Fireside, which you guys have heard me talk about a little bit. Um, in the episode with Vanessa, we kind of plugged your talk a little bit and shared like how emotional it made us and um, how great it was. And so now you're finally here. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you also, you do like so many different things and there's so many places we could take this episode. Um, and one thing I want to maybe kind of start off with is what we started off our interaction today with, which mm-hmm. was the bubbles of calmness. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, as I said to you when, when I first arrived, I was just running from a million different things. My mm-hmm. my new album getting mastered today and I've been trying to buy a place too, which is a crazy thing in the city and um, just so many things happening all at once. And uh, and so I, I was referencing a hero of mine, this man named Oliver Schroer, who is this uh, Canadian violin player. And um, I heard this interview with him once and he was promoting this show that he was going to play that he called Oliver's Last Show on his tour of this planet because he had terminal cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. and he only had a few months left to live. And um, and so he decided that he was going to play this one final show and and uh, and I I just really kind of followed him in the process. He was blogging about the last few months of his life, and uh, one of the things that he said in one of his blog entries was that you know if he thought about the totality of the things that he wanted to do because he wanted to record all this music and and you know visit with all these people, it was just too overwhelming mm-hmm. to to think of the totality of it. So he just sort of coined this this vision or this this phrase of these bubbles of calmness. So mm-hmm. you just move from one bubble to calmness to the next throughout your day. And so like, okay, right now I'm recording music. And then right now I'm talking to Taylor. And mm-hmm. then right now I'm talking to a real estate agent mm-hmm. and trying to understand what the heck they're saying. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. you're just like, you just go from one thing to the next and just kind of show up fully present for mm-hmm. it. I've just lo- I've used that M- image ever since, you know, mm-hmm. and even at you know Fireside where we met, I like there was, I just was putting a lot of pressure on myself. But you're also like meeting all these people, so I knew I wanted like to prep for my talk, but I also wanted to be present with people. So I just yeah. kind of moved from these bubbles of calmness. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I love that because it's, it's, it actually puts like some imagery to being present mm-hmm. where you can like literally envision like each little bubble is like each little interaction or event or meeting or, you know, whatever you're, you got going on um, and just kind of like being right in that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, beautiful image. Yeah, I, I, I kind of picture you know like the, the like if you're in the like a back of a limo or something. There's that little window that goes up. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like <laughs> which is totally rude towards the driver. Not that I'm in the back of limos all the time, but yeah. it's like <laughs> it's not a regular occurrence. Yeah. But you're like, okay, just like putting up the walls, and you're like, okay, yeah, this is my bubble now. Yeah, I love that. It's a yeah. really, I think very helpful tool right. um, in terms of like coping with stress and um, mental health is something we oftentimes talk about on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and I think that was part of why your talk was so impactful for so many people because it just was so vulnerable and so authentic and just had um, these layers that, that were so real that everyone could relate to on mm-hmm. some level. Um, you know, you shared a little bit about your divorce and then uh, some of this work that you do with mentoring kids and would love for you to share some of that here, not to totally repeat your whole no, <laughs> speech or anything, yeah. but um, just some of those little parts of you and how they've like impacted your mental health. Yeah, well, um, I guess I'll start with the more fun one, which is like the, <laughs> the work I do with the kids. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I guess the condensed version of that story is I I was booked to play this show about six years ago in this small town out in, in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Never heard of this town before and wasn't expecting anybody to be there. And 300 people showed up in this beautiful theater and knew all of my music. And I was sort of scratching my head like, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and uh, and anyways, it turns out that this there was this 12-day program for for youth um, where they take take them out into the mountains and they go hiking and rock climbing and whitewater canoeing but they don't really care if they get good at hiking and rock climbing mm-hmm. whitewater canoeing it's about you know doing things that you're afraid of and pushing yourself and developing empathy by taking care of each other and mm-hmm. and it's free for the the they're all teenagers they're all like 15 16 and oh. it's free for them because they're earning high school credits wow that's amazing um, yeah it's amazing and then, but in order to earn the credits there needs to be a curriculum mm-hmm. and uh and so the curriculum is is like an emotional curriculum mm-hmm. and in order to anchor the learning they had been using my mm-hmm. songs mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me <laughs> and uh and anyways, long story short, I played this show. It was incredible. I met these people that ran it, and they invited me to come work for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now I go out there, and I, I, I run the program uh, for a month every summer, and, and it's kind of the best thing that I do. And it's interesting, um, you know, just to get back to, like, mental health, mm-hmm. you know, I, I tend to have a really um, kind of... Uh, a hyperactive mind and I had this incredible moment my first summer at Faces that's the name of the camp mm-hmm. um, where you know none of that experience is about me you know yeah. like and so much of my career as a musician is is, is all about me you know mm-hmm. it's like I'm in the photos I'm in the videos it's like it's my it's voice it's self expression yeah but it's also like I'm like there, there's, there's kind of like there's me and then there's also the me as a as a commodity you know like mm-hmm. um where I'm there, when I was working with the kids, I didn't think about myself for a second. I just met these young people, and within a nanosecond of meeting them, I was like, oh my gosh, I care about you so much. Yeah. Like, I want to serve you. <laughs> and I had this moment where I lay down in my tent on like the third day, and I had just been, you know, doing these like 18 hour days and just, just you know, threw myself in this experience. And I, I lay down in my tent, and I realized, like, for the first time, in as long as I could remember, there was silence in my mind. Mm. And it was, it was deafening because I, I, I realized that there had just been constant chatter yeah. there for a decade. And then the experience of like outwardly uh, putting someone else first and giving mm-hmm. them my care and my love and my focus allowed my own brain to just yeah. calm down, which is... It it was like it almost didn't make sense because it was so busy, you know. Mm-hmm. But that was that was such a moment of of aha for me, and that like part of my part of my mental health is 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 actually 
not making it all about me all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, because yeah. it allows you to like step outside of yourself. Yeah. And then, I mean, you're being present with people in a totally different way when, A, when you do that. And B, there is such a, um, such a wonderful feeling mm-hmm. to care for someone else. Yeah. And, and I don't think, I, I like to generalize that and say that's like to all humans. Right. Um, and I think just some more than others. Like right. I know for me, like I'm a very, very nurturing, caring person. So like when I can give love to someone else, mm-hmm. it makes me feel so much fuller and definitely allows me to like step outside of my thoughts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there was something like deep that that clicked in me too with their Mm -hmm. age range because they're all like 15 years old 15 16 and that's like around when my parents got divorced Mm -hmm. and and i think since my parents got divorced like that's what sort of sent me on this like i ended up moving out like i lived on my own by the time i was i was 16 Mm -hmm. and and i think from that moment i i've always been trying to prove that i can stand on my own two feet Mm -hmm. and like to to the point of maybe like taking that to like sort of a compulsion level and um and so working with kids at that age i sort of i feel like immediately connected to them because there's yeah. like there's something about that my 15 year old self mm-hmm. that it's like i almost get an opportunity to give the love that i i kind of needed at that time mm-hmm. that maybe i didn't get and yeah. so there's there's it's like by giving them that love, I'm kind of giving myself that love mm-hmm. too. So there's something, there was something super special about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a very common thing. Uh, whenever we experience some kind of trauma or mm-hmm. significant life event that perhaps doesn't really uh, receive the level of, of attention and healing that it needs, that right. then later on in our lives we find ourselves in these situations where we're then healing our younger self at that point yeah. in trauma. Um, there was very similar to your experience here. Um, an episode I did a while back with actually a listener of the episode Mm. uh, or of the show. She, um, experienced sexual abuse in her Mm. family from her brother and, um, is now getting her PhD in school psychology and is working with children that are between nine and 12 years old. And that's, that those are the same uh, ages where she was experiencing abuse in her family. And so by working with that population of kids, it's healing for her and it's also allowing to like, it, it's, it's a different level of connection, I think, mm-hmm. because you relate so much, like you're able to give more to these kids than, than maybe you would have if, if you wouldn't have been able to maybe relate to something that, that they could be going through. They could also right. be going through divorce uh, in their family or just maybe giving that little bit of extra love and attention that like is healing for you to give because it's what you would have needed and yeah. wanted. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how we do that. Sometimes like we don't even notice that we're no. doing it. Yeah. I mean, that is exactly right. I, I just was kind of thrown into the situation. I, you know, when they asked me to come work for them, mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, oh, there's going to be like a staff training or something like that. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I arrive and I, get off the bus and there's 40 kids there. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we're <laughs> starting, <guess>. you know? <laughs> and, and, like, and then, you know, a few hours later, I'm like in a room with my, my small group. You know, there was, mm-hmm. there's four small group leaders and you have about, you know, 10 students that, that are kind of your little group within the larger group. And I'm just sitting there and they're staring at me and I'm staring at them. And, and I knew exactly what to do, which is mm-hmm. funny because like it's like a job this job existed that i had no idea i was perfectly qualified for and mm-hmm. you know i, I want to give credit to like people that do that work professionally yeah. and like i've learned a lot over mm-hmm. the last six years and and i've become better at that work and you know yeah. a lot of people that most of the people i work with there are teachers and they are more qualified than yeah. i am and i've learned a lot from them but but it felt like natural it to felt you. so natural to me you know mm-hmm. um like the most natural thing in the world so mm. yeah yeah that's amazing i i love I love I love that you do that because it's um, it's another piece of your identity, mm-hmm. you know. Like you're 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 a musician, but then you also kind of have this like other other yeah. side, <laughs> and it's it's it is interesting how you talked about it at the beginning, where you're like, yeah, music is really about me, 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 right. and then you're doing this totally opposite thing of just like 
giving yeah. so much. And of course, like in my music, I, I you know, you, I, I really care about the audience and I'm trying to give mm-hmm. them a, 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 a great experience. And all of that is hugely important mm-hmm. to me. And what I do doesn't really exist without that interaction yeah. and that connection. Um, but a lot of you know writing and creating for me is mm-hmm. is like you do it because you have to you know yeah. like like not not like you have to make money but you mm-hmm. like it's inside of you and you have to get it out. Yeah, um, you're, you're like a very uh, all throughout not only your work but also just as I know you as a person like very like reflective, right? Um, like pretty consistently processing what's going on and like reflecting Definitely. on what you're going through. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious when, when you were younger, when your parents uh, got divorced, did you receive any kind of therapy during that time? Um, I was, it's interesting because my, my mom is a therapist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure I got lots of, uh, <laughs> lots of secret <laughs> yeah, therapy, secret therapy, but happening. I was super resistant to it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, my mom like offered to, to help send me to someone and mm-hmm. it was always kind of on the table and I was super resistant to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only started seeing a therapist um, w- going through my own divorce um, and then I've continued seeing mm-hmm. that same therapist post-divorce. Yeah. So that, And that's been how long? Um, that's been uh, three, just over three years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, because even just uh, with, with your career with doing music, like that in and of itself can be very therapeutic. Yeah. Um, definitely like a lot of processing and expression there. And even your work with the kids seems to be very therapeutic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was curious if that had been something that, that you had done back then, but I'm, I'm glad that you were able to find that. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, and, and truthfully, there can also be a disconnect sometimes between like, obviously, you know, like I'm, I've made this new record in mm-hmm. the last three years and, and my divorce and the loss of my house and all these things mm-hmm. are, are like throughout that record. But there can be a disconnect sometimes between, you know, sort of the show must go on, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, you know, I've been touring and you you go out on stage and sometimes it's like like some of the saddest moments for me over the last three years were like playing a show for hundreds of people and like Mm -hmm. it's amazing and like you're so connected and then everybody goes home. Yeah. And then I'm by myself and I'm like putting stuff in my car. And there's, there were several distinct moments where I then got, got into my car and I was like, where am I driving? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have a home anymore. I didn't have a, mm-hmm. my, a partner anymore. And I just, I was just like, and those were my lowest lows were after yeah. these highest highs. So it's a, it's a bit of a, a tricky thing I think in, mm-hmm. in, in this career too of like, yes, it's connected and it's, and it's amazing, but it's like you almost like you give everything you have and then everybody takes that with them, yeah. which is great. And then, but if you don't have your own kind of nucleus mm-hmm. of support that you're nurturing and sense of home, it can be really isolating. Yeah. And, and so I guess you know, doing the the work that I do, like with the youth or that kind of stuff, or mm-hmm. that that that's been a little more grounding for me because it feels mm-hmm. more like it's just it's real life too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. not not that my, my music career isn't, but there's just a bit of a difference yeah. for me in the ways that it it feeds me. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I want to um, maybe shed some light on on this area as it's not something that we've really ever got into before on the pod um a little bit uh kit my co-host has um been divorced but uh you were in a pretty significant relationship Mm -hmm. you were in a relationship for 12 years you were married um and then experienced a lot of loss after that and that's a lot of what um your last album was about and a lot of what like your uh speech was about at uh at fireside yeah um so would you mind sharing a little bit, like, would you be open to sharing a little bit about kind of how that relationship uh, kind of resulted in divorce and, and how that impacted not only your music, but your mental health and um, just what kind of like impact that's, that's had on you. I mean, a right. pretty significant one. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I guess <laughs> I, I haven't really spoken about it too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess with everything there, there's, there's like two sides of the story, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I, I understand totally. that. Like, you know, my experience of it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, like 
I thought like for the first 10 years, I just thought I had won the lottery. I was like, we got this. Like yeah. we're, we're winning at, at relationship and marriage. Yeah. Um, and then last couple of years, like something felt a little different, mm-hmm. but I couldn't put my finger on it. And mm-hmm. there were still lots of great moments. And, and, you know, as I've come to realize through therapy mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I just, I was so, you know, my number one fear in life was like divorce because mm-hmm. that happened at such a significant moment in my life yeah. that resulted in the loss of my family. It resulted in the loss of my home. Mm-hmm. And I, I just said, I'm never going to make that mistake, you know, like quote yeah. unquote mistake. Um, and so it just wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. And so when things were feeling not right, I just, you know, I just sort of was like, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. There's no problems. Yeah. You know, I, I, this is all unconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, I just missed, I missed something. And, you know, and she uh, came home one day and essentially said like, I don't want our house. I don't want kids. I don't know if I want to be married and I'm in love with someone else. And I was like, just, it was the shock of my life. Um, And, you know, again, like I, 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 everybody has, she has her own experience of it Mm -hmm. and it's not a judgment as to what happened or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but from my, from my end, I was just, blindsided by it and and um and i wanted to try to save it and and uh and you know asked can we go to therapy and Mm -hmm. and um and we did and and uh but we we didn't get there (laughs) and um and tried really hard and uh Mm -hmm. didn't didn't i mean the amazing thing about therapy as I feel like the image in my you know, his mind is like, there's just like all of this stuff all over the floor. There's like all these shapes. And then there's this big shelf in front of you that has a spot for all those shapes. Mm-hmm. And you're just like picking stuff off the floor and you're putting it in the spot. And then you finally pick up the last piece and you get to look at the picture. Mm-hmm. And we decided to get divorced in our therapist's office because we put that last piece and it was like, mm-hmm. oh, this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then that triggered the loss of my house and and I and just like my parents, like we had never fought um yeah. like my parents never fought, they had one fight, and then they got divorced. We never fought, and not that we had one fight and got divorced, but it just yeah. was like it was on and then it was off and hmm. and then i so I lost that I lost you know the also like it was also kind of like her family was my family too and then our house and so I just just was kind of living in a the number one thing that uh, this hell that I had wanted to Mm -hmm. avoid um yeah I mean I can only imagine that like maybe having some kind of emotional check-in with your partner would have helped with, you know, furthering that connection. And I mean, I came across this app uh, called Lasting that I actually spoke about uh, in the episode last week. And it's honestly like very helpful when it comes to dating. Um, It actually brings some clarity to your relationship and allows the two of you to get to know each other on a little bit of a deeper level because it encourages you to talk about things that you don't totally know how to talk about. Like maybe it's your sex life, maybe it's your career, how you're saying, like, you know, not totally being happy with where your life is at, but how you communicate that to your partner. And the app lasting actually fits in with your busy schedule. It only takes about five minutes to complete a session. And if you're long distance or on your super busy schedule, you can actually compare your session with your partner every time via the app. Um, and it's a relationship counseling app. I mean, we all could use some of that. And sometimes, you know, seeking actual counseling is not uh, possible, but lasting. Uh, is free to download and you can go to the iTunes store today and download the lasting app to take the free relationship health assessment. And let's talk about it. Listeners can actually unlock the entire app and get your first month of lasting premium for just 99 cents by visiting getlasting.com slash Taylor and using the offer code Taylor. Again, you can always download the app for free, but you must visit 
G-E-T-L-A-S-T-I-N-G.com slash Taylor and use the offer code during checkout to get your first month for just 99 cents. We need to just keep talking about our relationships and talking about the hard, hard stuff. And I really appreciate you being here today, Peter, to talk about the stuff that's really, really hard. So I remember you talking a little bit about it mm-hmm. um, at Fireside, but where, you know, it felt like you were this like failure, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm yeah. wondering if you can touch a little bit on like what your self-talk was during that time and how you've kind of coped with that. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. Like I, I had, you know... We we both know we're giant Brene Brown fans here, yes. and uh, and you know Brene Brown. Like if if there's something that you don't like about somebody else, it's because yep. you some, you got to look at that piece of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I carried so much judgment towards divorced people. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they must be angry, or what's wrong with them? And yeah. I remember my my old neighbor. He you know he had gotten divorced, and and you know I was we were friends and everything. But like part, if I'm honest, like yeah. I was like, oh, he's he must have this anger or something yeah. or whatever. Or like and he didn't try hard enough. Or, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I became divorce guy. And, yeah. and I was like, oh, wow. Um, this is how it can happen. Mm-hmm. And, but, my, but, but my negative self-talk was, was really negative. <laughs> <laughs> just many neg- some negatives, when you use it twice, it makes it a positive. But this is just like yeah. negative on negative. So. It's just like <laughs> negative on negative. It's not a doubles. double negative. It's yeah. a super negative. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, I just, I, I really, I did, I did yeah. have this sense of, of, of being a failure and, mm-hmm. and, and, and just like the word is, is disorientation. I was so disoriented. Yeah. I, I actually, I, it's funny. I recorded a, a, a live concert about a month after, um, mm. and I watched the the footage from that and I, I can't watch it because I was it's like I was on happy pills or something. Like the yeah. reality had not sunk in and, and I was speaking so eloquently. Like I had just, I had processed everything and it's totally okay and this happens. Mm-hmm. And really like my world was crumbling and I yeah. just was like, huh, I'm dealing with this so well. Mm-hmm. And then one day it just hit me and mm-hmm. and that was an experience. Yeah. You know? um, How did you know that it hit you? What did that look like? Uh, one there's there's been many moments where it's hit me, but one of the moments for sure was the very last moment I had in my house, mm-hmm. and you know I can't overstate how much that house meant to me. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, it was a hair behind losing my marriage. Like just yeah. like it, that house, I took. The lo- like I took the loss of my childhood home. I took the loss of you know my grandparents selling their cottage that they'd had for thirty eight years. I took the loss of every home I'd ever known, and I put mm-hmm. it in every fiber of that house. Yeah. And I loved that house. And so on the last day, I put the last thing in my car, and I was driving away. Before I did, I sat down mm-hmm. at my piano, um, and in the living room, and I just played. And I actually hit record on my phone. I've never listened to it since because I'm. It's. Mm. I wonder what it sounds like. But I just played and I cried, like, like what, like while I was singing and playing, and I just, I just processed my feelings through playing. And okay. I, I don't know. I played for twenty minutes. I don't know if I played for an hour. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was just such a tremendous moment of mm-hmm. of loss and and then and that was the beginning of where am i going like where yeah. like being being behind the wheel wondering like cuz i had this month where i actually had nowhere to live and mm-hmm. so i i i ended up doing some shows and i ended up staying at this my, my old manager's wife's parents had this cottage in the woods and mm-hmm. i went there for a bit but i just i was like where am I going? And I would just have all these moments of just being hit with, where is my life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, yeah. what happened? And I still get hit with those moments sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, and one thing that you said to me uh, before when we were getting lunch uh, that really stuck out to me and was something I already wanted, wanted to bring up, just knowing mm-hmm. your career and, and knowing that it's something in everyone's everyday life that we struggle with, but uh, living with uncertainty. Yeah. 
And that not only like being a musician, your life is living with uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, but then also in our personal lives, like we really don't know. Like I think even when we're not dealing with like very traumatic, like heavy situations, uh, like how you just shared, um, that oftentimes we are always asking ourselves, like, what are we doing? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, where are we going? Yeah. What's even the point? Right. Like we ask ourselves these questions and Definitely. it's really uncomfortable to sit with that uncertainty. And it sounds like you had like just the most <laughs> extreme amount of uncertainty at this point in your life. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, like just to tie back also to the work I do with the, the youth, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't like calling them kids because they're teenagers and I didn't like anybody calling me yeah. a kid when I was 15. So <laughs> the students, the youth, whatever they are, yeah. um, wonderful beings. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of that process is I have no right to call myself a mentor or to stand up there in like role of teacher if I don't live what I Mm -hmm. say Mm -hmm. and you know the main theme that we talk about at at faces is is integrity so like Mm -hmm. this like alignment of your thoughts feelings and actions around true principles Um, and and so dealing like the tools that I try to instill in the youth, Mm -hmm. I had to approach my own biggest challenge with those same tools. And it was, it was almost annoying Mm -hmm. because I was like, Oh, I can't just rage and be a mess (laughs) about that. I mean, I, I, I'm allowed to like be upset, but, but I was like, Oh, I actually have to deal with this Mm -hmm. properly. Mm-hmm. because then I, I can't go back next summer and and encourage them to like sit with your discomfort and feel your feelings and mm-hmm. but and process it and talk about it and share and don't isolate yourself when yeah. all I wanted to do was isolate myself and run away from it or go drink mm-hmm. everything I could get my hands on. I was yeah. like, oh, I can't do that because then I can't show up next summer. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. so... The, kid, the, the youth were holding you accountable. They were, mm-hmm. like really. Yeah. And That's so important, honestly, to have someone or multiple people to hold you accountable with 100%. the kind of interpersonal work that that you're doing. That's such an important piece. Yeah, and 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 the people that I work with there, mm-hmm. you know, they became some of my best friends, and they became my support network, mm-hmm. and they were the ones that said to me, "Hey, Peter, you know." We've been coming to your shows for all these years. We've seen what you do with youth. You could turn what you do into a talk. Mm. And the first talk that I created with the help of my friend Dave, who's one of the creators of this program, is the mm. talk is called Why I Seek Discomfort. Um, I love and, it. Yeah. I and, love it. And so he's the one that helped me shape that. And the whole mm. premise of that talk is you know, this thing that I do of getting up on a stage and singing songs I wrote about my heart in a bedroom yeah. in a dark room full of strangers that's a terrible idea. Like, they're, they're, like that's fundamentally a bad idea as, when it mm-hmm. comes to vulnerability and discomfort. Yeah. It's just a fundamentally vulnerable thing to do that. Yeah. But through the process of getting up on stage over a thousand times and putting myself in that vulnerable place, it's led to this career and all these experiences and yeah. meeting these students and, and talking yeah. at Fireside and all these things by just standing in front of that microphone. Yeah, and really touching people like in very emotional places. Right. Well... I was so touched. Well, thank you. <laughs> but it's funny how like that because I talk about it because mm-hmm. like the genesis of it is is I have to live it. Mm-hmm. And so I can't I have to have those hard conversations. Yeah. I have to face those hard things. If I'm uh, Yeah, if I if I don't do that then I it's like I know too much. I know mm-hmm. that I'm not doing what I really want to be doing what I should be doing, what's going to be best for me, what is in my own integrity. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just weird how kind of life gives you those things that you need. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I I started at faces uh, like five, six summers ago, five years ago. Mm -hmm. And then my divorce happened two years after that. So just as I kind of really got into that, then I needed those tools that I was teaching. And then as I went through the divorce and all of a sudden, like part of my, I didn't want to be playing 150 shows a year anymore. I, I always wanted to like be a musician, but I wanted to kind of be home a little more so that I could take care of my mental health yeah. and that I could 
you know, I'm, I know that me being away that much did not help my mm-hmm. relationship. And yeah. I was like, I don't want that to, to happen again. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, and then out of doing that work with, with faces, that's where my speaking career started coming out of it too. And that mm-hmm. speaking career has allowed me to be more balanced and not yeah. say yes to every musical opportunity because I, I have alternate income sources. Yeah. And just like, you know, when I was talking about at Faces, it's this job that I feel perfectly qualified for that I didn't know exists. Like, I didn't know that you could give talks and have mm-hmm. that be a career. And now it's a huge part of my career. Yeah. And that connection that I crave with human beings, it, it, in some ways, it's almost like a, it's like the ultimate format. Mm-hmm. Because in a music show, it's like, well, is your latest single doing well? And, yeah. you know, where are you in your album cycle? And, like, are you the coolest person on the block? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't totally play that game, but there's always... Yeah. There's an element of that in order to be like, quote unquote, successful as a musician. Whereas when I'm speaking with people, the whole premise is, hey, we're going to come here and try to feel something. I'm like, perfect. (laughs) Let's do that. And let me tell you, you make people feel some things. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) But one of my favorite parts, both me and Vanessa loved, um, was how you incorporated both of those Mm -hmm. in in your uh, keynote. That, you know, you were sharing your story. You were being vulnerable. You were leaning leaning into the discomfort of it all. Um, But then you were also incorporating your music. And that was like... You would tell like bits and pieces of a story and then you would play a song mm-hmm. and like the song, just let it like all really sink in. Cool. And that was when Vanessa and I just like would lose it the most. <laughs> We're just sobbing. Well, it's it was beautiful in a beautiful, like in a very like therapeutic, like very connecting kind of way. Right. Well, thanks. Well, I, I, you know, I, when I, I've always had this this fantasy as a as a writer that that I'll like wake up one morning and there'll be a book next to me that's just full of songs that I wrote like just yeah. full of lyrics but like the, that so I don't have to keep writing. Yeah. I mean, I love writing but it's also like really hard. Yeah. But in a way all the, you know the 300 songs or whatever that I have written, mm-hmm. they kind of are are fulfilling that in my speaking career because mm-hmm. there's so much love and care that I put mm-hmm. into every one of those songs no matter what I'm talking about. I have a song that I've written about that. Mm-hmm. And so I get to kind of reverse engineer the songs. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you, like about vulnerability or whatever. Yeah, I've got 20 of those. Like, yeah. what's the perfect song? And then what's the story behind that? And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like, I can just craft, I can kind of craft my talk around the songs that I'm going to use to anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I do have that book full of things that I've written. They just happen to be called my songs. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. I yeah. love that. And uh, there was one piece of your speech that I would love for you to share with listeners and I would love to listen to again. Uh, but there was a piece where you talked about, uh, the kitchen floor. Oh uh, yeah. And, um, I, I will share that. I think the kitchen floor is one of the places I think I have some of my most vulnerable moments. Mm-hmm. Like when you said that it hit me so hard because I was like, Yes, my <laughs> kitchen floor. Like, that's where I go. Yeah. Um, and there was actually a session with a client um, a few years back where she was, it was the anniversary of her partner's uh, suicide. Wow. And it was a very, very deep day. And it was kind of like, how do we want to process this? And she had just been go, 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 go all day. Um, it hadn't, she hadn't really taken a second to even let it sit in. And, you know, when she was kind of like, I just feel like I need to just like, I need to just kind of have a breakdown. Like I need to just have a meltdown. And I was like, okay, what does that look like for you? And she was like, just like crying on my kitchen floor. Really? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) So we literally, it was like the most vulnerable I had ever been in a therapy session with a client. Um, And even after that session, it was was like, thank God that was the last session of the day. Cause I was like, Oh, like that, that hit me. And like, we, we sat on the floor together and like, she just let it all out. And we just had a moment and it was a, it was a whole thing. But when you said that, I was just like, yeah, the kitchen floor, like that is where you feel some shit. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us about your kitchen floor. Oh, my kitchen floor. (laughs) Well, I... I walked into my my kitchen, and in, in my talk, I say I think I say my friend, but it was actually my ex wife. But I yeah. I always feel like if I say ex wife, it's just going to send people off on another mm. tangent. Mm-hmm. And, and but we have some backstory now. Yeah, you have the, some backstory, so it makes sense. But I I said to my um, to my wife at the time, you know, I, I had been at that point, I'd been touring about seven eight years and mm-hmm. doing 150 shows a year, 
a lot of those shows were to know people mm-hmm. <laughs> sleeping on floors. Um, and I just said the words. I said, it's not working. And as I said those words, it's not working. All of that energy that I had been using to like keep up the walls and say, yeah, everything's great. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just the, the sort of the lie, not that it's a lie, but the truth of what it really felt like inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, despite some people from the outside thinking, oh, you're, you're doing great. You know, but I know the reality, knew the reality of it. I knew the numbers that, you know, I knew the, what needed to happen and what wasn't happening. But so all of that energy to try to like keep everything looking great, mm-hmm. just the dam broke. And, and I just collapsed to the word, uh, c- collapsed to the floor. And as mm-hmm. I, I just said, it's not working. And I said mm-hmm. that multiple times. And as I said the, those words, it just, I just, I just cried like, I don't know I've ever cried like that in my life. You know, it was just so, so much. The, the, the fear, the, 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 the disappointment, the, just the frustration, mm-hmm. the self-doubt, just all of the, the, the protective barriers mm-hmm. that allow you to be a functional human being disappeared. And I just, I just cried like so hard. Yeah. And I felt like it was over. I felt like I had, like I had failed, you know, like mm-hmm. it was just, and it was my whole identity too, you know, yeah. it's, especially when you're an artist, it's just, it's kind of, it's your key to the world. It's the way people interact with you. At least that's how I perceived it. Um, I guess I still kind of perceive it that way. I'm trying to also see myself as somebody who just has value and exists whether mm-hmm. people are clapping for me on stage or not yeah. um but yeah man that was a that was a moment mm-hmm. and like i said in my talk that moment was also a couple of weeks before i walked out on stage at that show in fort mcleod and turns out that my music had been used for this program and i had no idea so that was happening yeah. at the same time as i thought that that it wasn't working. That it wasn't working, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. The universe working in, yeah. in its beautiful way that it does. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. That I, I think all of what you just said is you're so not alone in any of that. Mm-hmm. And I know you know that. Um, I think no matter what career anyone is in, that, that that's something that we can all relate to. That feeling of like, holy shit something's not right anymore. Like something's not working. And I love how you, how you describe like having those walls of making everyone think that everything's okay. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Um, that, you know, there are people who like, that's, that's their whole thing. You know, I'm sure there's someone listening right now. Who's like, that's, that's their thing is they're the person that always has it together. They're the strong one. They're the one that's really successful and that there's this feeling of like, you can't break. Right. You can't feel it. And if you do, you're weak and you're a failure. Right. And you should be ashamed. Right. Um, and that's why I always encourage, like, feel all the feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, as Brene Brown says, yeah. as the queen Brene yeah. says, you can't selectively numb. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can't that's just so numb true. the negative feelings or the feelings. I don't like saying negative feelings. The the red feelings or the feelings that are really uncomfortable. Um, you, can't, you can't do that. Because when you do that, you're also numbing things like joy and love and... Um, we don't we don't want to be living in a in a society of numbness or in a we don't want to have a life of, of numbs and no. how are we feeling connected to each other and that's so important um, in our lives and I just so appreciated all of your vulnerability not only in the talk but then also just in like your everyday life that you have and even talking on here because it does allow for people to feel connected to you. And I think it mm-hmm. also is a, is a healing thing for everyone when we share and um, when, when we allow someone else to feel connected to us, it, it I think, increases our connection within ourselves. 100%, yeah. And, and, you know, that's part of the struggle sometimes. Like I said this in my talk, I'm like, it's, it's not good for my ticket sales to talk about crying on my kitchen floor, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. it's not sort of something that you kind of Instagram when you're, Mm -hmm. when you're (laughs) like crying on the floor, you know, but like people, so sometimes I feel like I'm contributing to the sense of isolation that people have by not sharing that, which is why Mm -hmm. I was, you know, 
happy to come on this podcast with you mm-hmm. too because most interviews that I do, I'm talking about how great my show is and you should come or yeah. how great the new album is or like all of these things. But mm-hmm. but that ends up creating this kind of inner sense of, of like, like I'm two people. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and... It's kind of like this weird like facade. But you're isolated from yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh, and... And so, I, yeah, I don't, I, there's not there's not as much of a place to yeah. And I and I wonder too. I mean, I first of all, I always love when people are just like very in touch with their emotions and they allow mm-hmm. themselves to feel all the feelings. Yeah. Um, and that's why I was so drawn to you. I was like, we need to talk more. We need to be BFFs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you're also a man. And mm. typically that's not something that men do. In fact, men are oftentimes shamed when they have that experience. Right. Um, and so I'm wondering if you can touch a little bit on like how, if at all, you've noticed that play a part in how you are expressive emotionally. Right. Um, like maybe if you've, if there was any kind of like mental process when you put those walls down to say it's not working and allowed yourself that moment, maybe it wasn't even necessarily allowing yourself the moment because it just it just happened. Happened. Yeah. Um, but if, if there were layers of that that were like, you're the man of the, you're her husband, you know, you got to keep it together. Right. Like if there was any of that or if you've like experienced any of that in your life. What's interesting, like even just the fact that I don't say in like when I'm my talk, I don't say like I walked in the kitchen and said to my wife, it's not working. The reason I say it's a friend. I, I don't say my wife one or my ex-wife. I don't, I don't say that one because what I already said is that mm-hmm. I just don't want people to be like, Oh, ex-wife. Oh, you got divorced. Like just, mm-hmm. you know, go off on some tangent. But also I truthfully, I've never like admitted this, but mm. I think I also, I feel like it's, part of me feels embarrassed that that mm-hmm. like like that I did that in front of my wife and that that or ex-wife and that people would be like oh that's why she divorced him you know like yeah. that's kind of the judgment train mm-hmm. that I go down is like I sh- that people I, would judge your um <laughs> capabilities as a husband yeah and just that that you know like get it together man mm-hmm. you know like yeah. get, and it's interesting um hmm. although you know I've also like I've had like girls that I, you know, dated and or friends said to me, like, you're more of a woman than I'll, than I'll ever be. <laughs> like, mm. as, like, as in, like, you're like, you're way more emotional than I am. Mm-hmm. Like, like, but it's got, I guess there's kind of judgment in that too, you know? Yeah. Like, um, there absolutely yeah, there, is. There, I mean, is. it might be like an undertone, but yeah. that's definitely there. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely, uh, I think I'm just prone to emotion, like, since I was mm-hmm. a little kid and like, yeah. my, my mom was a therapist. And so there was, there's an openness, uh, openness around it, yeah, it like. was encouraged for sure. Um, but I definitely, I, I would be lying if I, 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 if I said I, I didn't like judge myself for, for that mm-hmm. weakness. I mean, just. Which isn't a weakness. I know, I know I, exactly mm-hmm. that perceived weakness, you know, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. and I, I mean, I get up stage, I get, I get up on stage and I basically try to, get people to connect and feel things. That's my MO. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what I built my career on. Um, uh, But it's easy to to play the role of getting people to feel things and then maybe not... Having that wall up a little bit. Yeah, having a wall up Mm -hmm. a bit. And, And like, if I'm totally honest, like, I, this, 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 these last few weeks for me have been, um, really, challenging and and from an outside perspective like my album just got mastered and Mm -hmm. i've got like an amazing team of people that are working with me now and like Mm -hmm. there's but uh you know i about a week ago i I had a like sleepless night anxiety attack Mm -hmm. and last night i had another like kitchen floor moment um Mm -hmm. and i haven't had a moment like that in a long time and I, mm-hmm. I I I was yeah I was with my girlfriend and and I I just was like I'm I'm not like yeah. I'm not quite keeping it together right here you know mm-hmm. and and I was embarrassed in front of her and to her credit she was just so 
loving and, mm-hmm. and, and warm and, and kind. And, and the thing that really kind of made me kind of break down and cry was just how understanding she was. Yeah. Like when I looked in her eyes and mm-hmm. she was just present with me yeah. and wasn't judging me, that's what made mm-hmm. me... She, like, it's like she was saying, it's okay. Yeah, she like opened the door to <clears> say... Yeah, because I was, I was sort of like, you know, I had my hands in my head and I just was like, just feeling just this sense of like, mm-hmm. there's so much pressure coming at me. Yeah. And then I just like, I opened my eyes and I looked at her and she just was pure love. And mm-hmm. then I lost it. And, <laughs> and, and how it, did that feel? It felt, I feel way better, you know, mm-hmm. but though there is a part of me that's, that's just scared that she, she would judge me for that or that mm-hmm. anybody would judge. I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that I'm just saying this all to you, but I, I guess that's what we're doing. And, yeah. Um, I appreciate you sharing yeah, it. And, no. and I can very much relate. Yeah. I think we both, especially as of late, have had a lot of pressure on right. ourselves and from other people. And there's just so many things going on. And I think we both have been very like, go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. And very small moments to ourselves. And that's where like, you you know, when we first got together today, talking about the bubbles of calmness. Yeah. Um, to really just be present in each thing, in each moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing that Brene talks about is like perfectionism. That that's um, one of the vulnerability armors that we uh, use is this like busy bee yeah. image, you know, and... Uh, how important it is to actually take that time for yeah. self-care, which, you know, we did an episode on a while back, but also can be misconstrued in so many different ways, but like actual genuine, like letting yourself feel the feelings yeah. of it all. Um, and I'm really happy that like, A, you had the support to do that yeah. last night, but also that like you put yourself out there to receive that support mm-hmm. um, and that you like let yourself feel it. Yeah. I mean, I needed to, you know, yeah. it, was, it was, it was, it was like a, like a sickness inside of me, you know, like yeah. I just felt like, whoa, I've just been carrying this, yeah. this tension and, and I guess it was just admitting it too. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, I'm, you know, the, the, the night when I was sort of having this, this kind of anxiety attack all night, mm-hmm. like it was, it, I, it was like 7.30 in the morning. I was still awake. I had not slept. And that day, I had to drive five hours, play a gig, and drive back. I had to drive 10 hours and play this gig. And Holy shit. So it was like 7.30 in the morning. I knew I had to leave my house at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, and then I was going to be driving for 10 hours. So I, I literally thought I was going to like die or something yeah. if, I, if I didn't get some sleep. Yeah. And so I, I didn't want to bother anybody, but I, I sent an email to my brother and to my friend who's one of the people, she's the therapist who helped create the Faces program. Mm. And the two of them have been such great supports for me. Mm -hmm. And I sent them an email at like 7.30 in the morning. I said, I just need to tell somebody I'm I'm having a moment and Mm -hmm. I'm not okay. And I'm going to be okay. Like you don't need to Mm -hmm. worry about anything crazy happening. Mm -hmm. But I just need to tell somebody that Amidst all of these amazing things that mm-hmm. are happening, I'm struggling, and and I, and I sent that email, and I fell asleep, mm-hmm. and and then they both you know called me that mm-hmm. day, and 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 I just felt way better that I could share that, and I yeah. you know and I, I I we it's obviously my brother and and my friend she's literally saved my life, mm-hmm. um, like I have just such a rapport with trust with them that I don't feel yeah. like it's going to negatively affect their mm-hmm. mental health or it's yeah. going to trigger them anyway. They can just kind of hold that space for me. And I think you mm-hmm. need to find those people that, that can yeah. hold that space for you. Cause it's not everyone, you know, Yeah, absolutely. Um, As Brene says, yeah. you share your story with people who've earned the right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a little off subject, but kind of a fun fact. Uh, I'm very particular when it comes to, uh, dating and like hygiene. Um, and I mean, 
the average person actually only brushes for about 45 to 70 seconds when the recommended brushing time for your teeth is actually two minutes. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves when I date someone that like maybe they don't actually brush their teeth for the full two minutes because this is important stuff. And I want to share with you guys that the Burst Sonic Toothbrush has built-in two-minute timer to help you actually reach that magical number. And This Sonic toothbrush, the Burst Sonic toothbrush, is actually best known for its charcoal-infused super soft bristles. And the charcoal actually removes surface stains and is an antimicrobial, which actually helps keep the bristles hygienic for the lifetime of the brush head. But also, you can get each brush comes with a burst subscription replacement head. And so that actually sends you a new brush head every three months for just $6 each. So not only is the actual toothbrush head itself helping clean, you're sticking on time with the two minute magic number for good hygiene when you're dating. I always, I always keep a lookout for that. Maybe that's a little weird, but you guys can go to burstoralcare.com to get your Burst Sonics toothbrush today. And with the Burst subscription program, you'll get a new replacement head every three months for just $6 each. If you use my code at checkout, Taylor, you'll also get 10% off your order. That's burstoralcare.com with code Taylor for 10% off. Don't miss out on this special offer. This is also a super great gift idea, especially if you're dating someone and you notice they're using a toothbrush that does not time and they're not actually brushing for the two full minutes. Like, Get your teeth clean. Go to burstoralcare.com and don't forget to use my code Taylor. Now that was just a little off topic, but I want to get back to our show. But I find it interesting at the beginning of that that you, that you said, you know, you didn't want to bother anybody. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something we talk about almost every episode with guests yeah. that we all have this like concern of being a burden when we reach out to say that we're not doing okay. Yeah. And I love even how you said it. Like literally, I feel like I'm listening to myself talk because right. that's the exact same thing I'll do. I'll say, you know, I'm not okay. Right. Like I'm having a moment. Right. Like, and I need to just let myself be in this moment. And I know that the next moment will get better. Yeah. And each moment will feel better as I allow myself to, you know, practice some self-compassion and yeah. feel the feelings I'm feeling. Um, and, and I do know rationally, I'll be okay. Yeah. Not in this moment. And I'm going to allow for that. Yeah. 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 But then I will be. Yeah. And it's amazing that, that you communicated that. And then, you know, immediately just felt this sense of like relief. It sounds like, and we're able to, to silence all of that and actually get some rest. It was incredible. You know? Yeah. Like I, yeah. As soon as I sent those notes, I also sent a note to, to Blake, the guy who I I spoke with. Mm -hmm. uh, Who will hopefully come on the show and we'll be able to talk about thankfulness with him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, as soon as I reached out to kind of that core Mm -hmm. people, but even then with each of those three people, I didn't like, there was so much of my, so many voices in my head that were telling me, don't do that. You know, like with my brother, I was like, oh, like then my whole family's going to be worried. And and then every time I go home, like, you know, like I just, there was a whole reason not to do that. And then with, with my friend Joss, you know, who I work with at Faces, I was Mm -hmm. like, whoa, I I won't get to go work with the kids again Mm -hmm. because they're going to think I'm not stable. And I had this whole narrative. And then with Blake, I was like, well, we work together and we, you know, we do these talks together sometimes. And I was like, oh, this is, Gonna be unprofessional. This is gonna be unprofessional of me, and yeah, and of course. So, how do you talk through back to each of those voices, or how do you move past that negative self-talk that that's discouraging you or shaming you to not share? Well, that's a good question. So, part of what we do at Faces is we we really kind of talk about like thoughts, feelings, and actions, Mm -hmm. and the connection between those three those three things. And you know, when you're in flow, Mm -hmm. you're kind of everything is just moving, you know, like we use the analogy of like, like a basketball player, just, you know, they're playing the game. They're not thinking of strategy. It's just, they're just in flow and they go and they, they do the layup or the slam dunk or whatever. It's just, mm. so when you're out of flow, it's like one of those things are out of whack. Mm. Um, either you're trapped in thought or you're, you know, you're lost in feelings. Um, or, you know, often it's like inaction is what happens. You know, you kind of get bogged down in, in one of those two. Um, and so, often the way to reboot the system is just putting the action first. Um, and so like we use the image, like we actually take the, the, the students repelling. So they go down this giant rock wall. And of course their thoughts are like 
I'm going to die. Like yeah. I can calculate that. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> yeah, you know? And, and then their feelings are just out of control. Yeah, but, terrified. But if, if, if they just put the action first and just take a step, hmm. then by taking that step, you're like, oh, I didn't die. Yeah. Um, I still have all these thoughts and these feelings, but and you take another step, oh, I didn't die. You know? mm-hmm. And then so it, we, we sort of have this five, four, three, two, one rule, which is like basically in those five seconds where you're thinking about the action, you just do the yep, action. Yeah, you could have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you just do the action. And, and you know, what often happens, like I've, see it, I've done, run hundreds of kids through the rappel now, you know, by the time they're like halfway down, they're loving it. And yeah. they were crying and screaming and wanting to go home like mm-hmm. ten, you know, 10 minutes earlier <laughs> and now, or a minute earlier. And now they want to go up and do it again. Yeah. So I kind of, in my brain, I, I, there was all these reasons for me not to send it, mm-hmm. but I knew that I just had to send it. And yeah. so I just, it's like sort of close your eyes and just hit send. Mm-hmm. And Just close your eyes and hit send. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I fell asleep, you know, and... Mm. That that's what I needed to do. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. But yeah, putting the action first sometimes is is hmm. helpful. Yeah, I lo- I love that you're part of this program. It sounds super super interesting. Well, it helps me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm happy to have it for you, and I'm also yeah. happy that that like the students have you there too. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, <laughs> Canada's great. <laughs> you guys do great things up here. Um, before we kind of uh, wrap up here, one thing I want to ask you. Um, uh, and it's in a way maybe kind of like a little homework thing, like a little assignment thing. Um, typically, actually, what I would do, uh, with, I haven't done it a lot on the pod, but uh, whenever a friend calls me and we have like, you know, a deep conversation and I'm right. like being a friend to pissed is what we call right. it, um, session, uh, you know, I'll always kind of wrap it up or leave it with like, okay, so like, where do you go from here, you right. know? And knowing that this has been like a super stressful time for you and a lot of pressure and, mm-hmm. you know, you had your moment just last night. Um, you know, you came into our hangout today talking about um, sitting with these bubbles of calmness. And I think yeah. that's a really great tool to use going forward with all the pressure and stress. And certainly some of that stuff is situational and will go away yeah. and be resolved soon. But yeah. like, how do you take care of yourself the rest of the week? That is a, a good question. Well, because um, I have a talk that I'm giving tomorrow for the Canadian Cancer Society, so there's been a lot of like preparation and stuff. Yeah. But um, uh, my girlfriend and I are, are going to take Saturday off, which is going to be my first mm-hmm. day off in, in a long time. And, okay. and we're going to go for a, a hike and just be, be out in the woods. And it kind of worked out really well because the talk for the Canadian Cancer Society is up at this retreat center. Okay. And, um, and we had wanted to go um, camping this weekend, but mm-hmm. as you can tell, it's quite cold. It's cold <laughs> here, guys. I landed and I was like, um, I'm ready to go back to Seattle. It's actually yeah. warmer there. So anyway, so, but the guy, I, I, you know, I had a meeting with him last night just to mm-hmm. kind of overview what I was going to do. And he's like, hey, by the way, we have these cabins and you, like, you and your girlfriend can just have one if you guys want to hang out. And so... Amazing. So... So we're, it's kind of just fell into my, into my yeah. lap. So, um, the universe was like, you need some self-care time. Yeah. Here's a cabin. <laughs> and you know, my, my, my girlfriend is, is, is amazing at, at mm-hmm. like, she's just incredible at living in the moment and, mm-hmm. and kind of finding that, that balance and that self-care. And, yeah. and, um, so she's a good influence on me for sure. So, good. yeah. I'm really happy that, that you found her. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's, there's, you know, I'm one of those people that like I'm super diligent with like going to the gym and eating really well and all those things and like and all of that is is self care. Yeah. But there's also it's also like super efficient, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like it's still like trying to win at everything. Mm-hmm. And so although I have kind of shifted my gym thing a little bit where the last like month, especially when it's been so busy, like no matter what's happening in my life, yeah. I never stop going to the gym. I just decided hmm. that, you know, like Barack Obama would, would like work out like every morning. And yeah. one, of, one of my favorite Canadian politicians, his name is Jack Layton and, and he passed away. But like the, some of the busiest people on mm-hmm. earth, they don't compromise yeah. that part of their routine. And so I know I don't compromise that. So mm-hmm. I've been having this moment where right before I walk into the gym, I'm like, this is for me. And then I enjoy it so much, mm-hmm. you know? And it, 
Like people always try to get me like join running clubs or like I'm like no 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 like I I have no mandate. I don't want to yeah. like train for something and then achieve it yeah. and then stop doing it. It's like this is therapy for me. You know, this mm-hmm. is self care. Um, but still, I feel like I need this other layer of time where I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm just focused on You're just being just being exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, just being. That's exactly it. Yeah. So and it's kind of like the difference between going for a walk or going for a run, mm-hmm. you know? Like, obviously, your run is great and you feel awesome, yeah. but when you go for a walk, there's just a different pace. There's mm-hmm. a different mindset to it. There's just a different comfort to it, mm-hmm. and so I need to go for more walks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like that you say that. This is for me. Yeah. I think that's a good reminder to, like, literally verbally even say to yourself before going into doing anything, like, self-care-wise. Like, yeah. I can picture myself stepping into a bubble bath. This is for me. Yeah. 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 It's good. Okay, good. I'm glad that you have this cabin coming up and yeah. your your time to just be. And then you also get to share it with your partner. That's a yeah. beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, what, how, if people want to like contact you, if they want to like see you, where can they find you, Peter? Well, I'm on the, I'm on the interwebs. Yeah. At Peter Katz Music. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Canadian, it's K-A-T-Z. Or yeah. K-A-T-Z. In, no, wait. No, K-A-T-Z is American. K-A-T-Z is Canadian. So Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so Peter Katz Music, um, petercats.com. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to have a new album coming out. So yes. by the time this is released, uh, his album will come out a few weeks well, after that. A, a few, few months. months. Yeah. So I just, I just finished it. Okay. But it's it's i feel like it's the album of my lifetime i'm yeah. i'm so proud of it and i worked on it for 3 years so we're going to yeah. set it up really properly so it'll mm-hmm. it'll be out in 2019 but Perfect. i don't know exactly when but yeah. it's, it's well like follow him on instagram and i'll put the links to his website and some really cool videos um one that you said was like super cool was you did a cover of halo by beyonce oh, yeah. so Queen B. beehive listening uh, <laughs> <laughs> check the link in the episode descriptions um and yeah i'll put all kinds of like fun links there for people to check you out um but thank you so much i'm so glad we got to i don't want to stop talking <laughs> no. well my pleasure thanks for thanks for asking me yeah and you did you did a great job too Oh, thank you. So did you. (laughs) And that does it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, You guys can check out all the things we talked about today of Peter in the episode description. So check out those notes. And please uh, feel free to leave a review on iTunes and give us some feedback. Let me know what you're liking about the show. And uh, if there are topics that you guys want to see covered, feel free to send an email at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I cannot wait to talk with you guys some more next week. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Babes and Babies, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.